So I'm really pleased to be joined by Dan Klein, who is um, one of my long-standing contacts and uh, network connections. My name is Seb White from SBW Associates, and this is episode two of our uh, Tech Leaders, Leaders in Tech session. Dan, thanks for joining me. Great to, great to have you. Excellent. And um, so, Dan, as I said, we've um, been in contact for some time. You've been involved and in, are involved in some really interesting aspects that, that do involve uh, the, the data platforms in, in many ways. You've got a big, big background there, and I'm keen to speak to you um, about a number of those things, one of which being uh, per personalized healthcare, I think what you've mentioned. But what what has happened what i am quite interested in terms of hearing a bit more about is you, you've just recently gone through quite a quite a transition in terms of uh, your your current role can you give us some more details around that yeah so uh, oh, well, it's, it's, it's been a very interesting time hasn't it over the last six months so uh, for those of you that know me well i mean I, I have three things that i get out of bed for um you know fundamentally i'm still an engineer uh, and those three things are, how do we save the planet? So how do we decarbonize the energy sector, for instance? Um, but also personalized healthcare, as you mentioned, um, and sort of what that is going to do profoundly to how we exist. And then the third area is the automation of our lives. And I think the thing is, I've always, to a certain extent, set my stall out about that. And uh, I had some... Uh, a mate, a mate, a sort of very rock and roll period over Easter with COVID, um, uh, where we discovered that uh, uh, had to had to mobilise a team at speed into side inside the NHS to help them with um, ventilators and uh, right. PPE placement in hospitals. Sure. And uh, and the thing that's interesting there is that you know the, the challenge there was not the strategic challenge of how many PPE and how much how many ventilators. The, the challenge was. How do you know in a 24-hour period exactly which hospital you need to be sending PPE and ventilators to? Um, and that's not straightforward because that isn't the big survey stuff. That's not the big models. That's uh, that's personalised healthcare, which we say it's personal hospitals, as in, you know, what you're trying to do here is understand exactly which hospitals need the help right okay. now. Sure. Uh, and it was really really interesting in that space. Did did a bit there, and then also got involved with the Department of Transport around how do you model restriction movement orders? How do you look at all the traffic data and sensor data in the country? And in amongst all of that, um, it was uh, we there was a sort of a little bit of chaos in the market, as everybody knows. But the sort of the upshot of that chaos, if you like, is that myself and half done the others have uh, the data team have have effectively landed up at Zulka Engineering. Um, oh, wow. So. Okay. It's, a, it's an amazing time, very rock and roll, uh, sort of chaos in the middle of chaos. Uh, but uh, we, we, we've, we've, been, we've been welcomed with open arms into Zilker Engineering. And it, you know, it's a Swiss-German firm with right. uh, a slightly smaller office in the UK. You know, there's 1,400 of us. And, and you know, what, what Zilker said very clearly is the sorts of vision uh, that, that I have lived by for a long time around saving the planet and personalized healthcare and automation of our lives is exactly the sweet spot that Zorka is in. Okay. Uh, they've got some amazing stuff for Zorka. We have some amazing stuff in the med tech space. Um, we have a ventures arm that specifically invests in the likes of personalized healthcare. So 
you know, it, it was a really lovely place to, to arrive with, with, as I say, about half a dozen of my data team and, and start to do some really interesting work, actually. And, you know, we, we've kicked off with style, I have to say, uh, in terms of the work we're now doing. So, um, and that's, and that's yeah, what happened over the last... Time. That, yeah, that, that's all, all happened um, over the, the last... Uh, the last six months. months. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> so, so right Been a busy six was, months. Right at the core of all the, the other challenges that um, everyone has been has been facing together, as you said, obviously the healthcare, you've managed to manufacture this as, as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been an interesting time for you. Yes, indeed, indeed. And, and, and amongst all that, I, I um, uh, again, I found myself remotely working in northwest Scotland um, purely by accident. Uh, I happened to be there when uh, the UK went into lockdown and I stayed there. Um, and uh, um, as of now, I'm now a resident in Northwest Scotland. So it also is profoundly changing the way we think about where do you live? Yeah. Uh, you know, I am I, no longer a resident of London. Um, I have no desire to go back. Uh, but, but actually the point is work has changed. You know, we've, we've just done an employee survey where we got the results yesterday. Basically, nobody wants to go back to the office. So the, the, the strategic question here is what do we do? Um, sure. So there's some really interesting, profound changes that have been occurring on the back of this, you know, and, and we're looking at going into the worst recession in 100 years. So how does that play out? And um, how do we make sure that we, as engineers, continue to deliver value to, you know, changing and improving society? Yeah, sure, sure. So so underpinning all, all of the um, these elements, saving the planet, the um, automation of lives and the, the personalised healthcare is that sort of foundation that you've, you've worked on for so long of, 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 of data. Yeah, and I think, I think there's, there's a crucial thing about data is that um, in the market, a lot of people talk about data as things like data platforms or they talk about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And I sort of take a slightly slightly tangential view to that which is that data is much much more profound than just data platforms and machine learning and ai uh you know if you think about how government policy teams work or you think about how strategy teams work inside corporations they are all using data they are all using excel predominantly and they're all now trying to use very large quantities of data in excel which they potentially bought from somebody else and so a challenge for a lot of the organizations is to say, well, hang on a sec, before you, before you go and buy that data from somebody else in the strategy team or the policy team, or you go and stand up a survey, say, if you're in government, how about looking at the operational data that you've got within your estate? So, for instance, in the government space, we're leading a conversation in government at the moment around surveys um, and how you link survey data to what the government calls administrative data. Um, and administrative data for those in the private sector is the equivalent of operational data. So it is things like people getting admitted to hospital and uh, what their records say. Now it's not about it's not about using it the personalised data in that sense, right. but it's about really understanding uh, in basically near real time what's going on with the the anonymised administrative data and does that enable you? Does it tell you more than going and doing a survey? And um, and this is this is where data becomes profound in the sense that it links all the way through from strategy and policy teams, all the way through down into the organisation and to, to the real guts of how, in the health space, how hospitals work, how GPs work, 
and how patients engage. But it goes all the way back then to the policy and strategy teams who say, well, given that's what's going on, and again, in near real time, we can start making decisions. So if you look at, for example, I mean, the COVID space, which I've been reasonably involved in over the last six months, the decision-making processes, um, at one level, you have the decision, the strategic decision processes around how you manage a pandemic. But then the layer below that is much, much more complex and much more fraught with a really profound, I need to move ventilators and PPE to a specific hospital in the UK, and I need to do it in the next 24 hours, which hospital? You need operational data to tell you that. That's not, you can't do that with a survey uh, and because it's got to be fast. Yeah, as we all know, this was a very fast moving pandemic. Yeah. Um, but equally, you know, there are examples in the energy space where you say, well, um, how do we understand how consumers are interacting with their energy, particularly as uh, we're all moving now towards prosumer model? where people are having you know, Teslas and solar panels on their roofs. So now you've got storage capacity in every house. Now you've got solar and potentially turbines in every house. And the way you then move that electricity around the country, the way you then have resilience in the network in near real time, it matters because yeah. you need to be making operational decisions about how you, how you run the electricity network in a way that allows you to decarbonize it, allows you to get rid of the likes of the gas and the liquid fuels. Um, and, and you know you have to make that link up. Uh, and you know there's a great example at the moment in the policy space in the energy sector that uh, there's a lady Laura Sands who chairs something called the Energy Data Task Force, and she's specifically set her stall up that says we cannot sort the policies out around decarbonisation of the energy sector in the UK until we've got hold of the data, operational yeah. data. Um, and this is where that there is slowly what you're seeing is this idea that data isn't. It's, yes, we have to have the platforms. Yes, we have to have we have to do science and analysis on it. But we're doing the platforms and the science for a reason. And the reason is that it's no longer just an IT thing. It's no longer sort of this thing that happens in a dark room. It's about absolutely engaging at the centre of any organisational government department around strategy and policy and actually how do you how do you affect change how do you really make change happen and data is crucial to that um, yes you need the engineering to underpin it yes you need the science to underpin it but you've you've got to you've got to have the pull coming through from the policy teams and the strategy teams sure and it, so it seems like um, not only have you managed to find um, you know, a position, a role uh, within an organisation like Zorka at a really, really challenging time, but you've found a company that is giving you that platform to do those things that you're most passionate about uh, and be able to take that forward. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. It's an amazing place to land up. Um, but it's also not just about that. It's, do you know what? Zorka's one of these hidden little gems. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you and I have history of hidden little gems, and uh, this is another one of those hidden little gems where they have a very strong track record in uh, the energy sector, in med tech. They've got ventures that they've invested in in med tech. And the, the, the opportunity for Zulka, and the opportunity for me, I mean, it's both ways here, is Zulka needs to lift their profile because they've done some really amazing stuff over the last 10 years. Um, and, and then at the same time, I'm saying, well, okay, but if we can tie this together with a narrative, there's something very powerful here in terms of the heritage of Zorka and what Zorka stands for culturally and what they are trying to do. And then the sorts of engagements 
I, I want to have with my teams and I want to bring in. And so actually, for me at, at the moment, it's a, it's a wonderful place to land up. And I, I, you know, there's a silver lining in this COVID crisis, should we put it like that? I mean, I, 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 couldn't, have, I couldn't have asked for better, honestly. Absolutely. And, and to be able to take something like that, obviously there's many different stories that are appearing um, across many different platforms, but it's good to hear the one that's, that, that, that's so positive um, to be able to, you know, gain, gain that um, right at these particular times. But um, the next six months um, for you as well, depending on obviously what does happen, but, uh, the, you know, depending on those aspects sound really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the focus on the next six months is, uh, for me, the main focus is is going to be the decarbonisation of the United Kingdom. Um, there are some very profound changes that Off Gem are driving at the moment um, with the electricity companies, okay. and uh, and the regulated space is being quite active about how to make this happen, mm. and being. And, and the time window is now. So being part of that debate in the next six months and part right. of how you find those solutions in the next six months, um, there, is a, there is a regulated settlement round that is due to happen afterwards. And so actually being part of how that is designed and how the settlements are designed and then being part of what then subsequently gets implemented is is is... That's 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 really the focus for the next six months, and I think then afterwards, I mean, there are others, there's other stuff going on with um, personalised healthcare, uh, particularly around DNA. Um, I mean, the use of DNA to personalise transplants, in particular, uh, is is probably the other area of a great deal of focus. Um, but that's uh, like all things; it has health regulation on it, and so slightly slower moving. Um, yeah. But but you can imagine that the you know the, the the analogy I'd use is most people are familiar with if you do a blood transplant, they probably look for your blood type um, and try and match the blood type. And and okay. the, the new way really is to is that's quite crude because there's only about you know, there's only sort of about a dozen blood types. Um, but in the DNA world, of course, you can be talking about matching, say in the in the bone marrow transplant space for blood cancers, you can be talking about matching. Uh, the recipient's DNA with the donor's DNA, and then you can do some clever stuff to the bone marrow based on the DNA of both the recipient and the donor. You can actually tweak the bone marrow before you transplant it into the recipient. And that stuff is highly personalized. And as you might expect with this sort of stuff, anything that's highly personalized has a huge, I mean, it's it's, it's just got data written all over it (laughs) in terms of trying to do it at scale. Um, And the challenge for the sector is doing it at scale. The, the, The technology is there, but the costs involved at the moment in personalized healthcare are, um, Let's just say they are out of most people's uh, uh, spend yeah. profile, um, but actually sc- scaling it and productionizing it is the challenge that, which will bring the cost down for everybody. Um, and uh, you know that that but that's a year year or two away because again you've got regulators involved and, and, the, and like all these things with health you you, you have to have to prove it's going to work without killing anybody sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure there's a, lot, there's a lot more research and a lot more detail to, to be had there as well but uh look dan yeah. I, I you know i really appreciate your, your thoughts on that some really good uh, and interesting content uh, especially for our audience that we're going to have here so i really appreciate your time today thank you very much i no, look forward to finding out more from you um to uh have for you for some further podcasts 
And um, yeah, thanks for, for being on episode two. Seb, my pleasure. Thank you very much.